Hello, you're listening to The Journey is the Destination, where we're meeting interesting people and learning about the world. We're Christian and Emma. Emma, hello. Hello, Christian. So today we're talking with our beautiful friend Flo. And she's got a very unique and interesting way of many things, of which we'll talk about consent, self-love, feminism, open relationships, and much, much more. So I hope you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, I'm looking forward for everyone to hear it. I like to add that our conversation was being recorded really organically. We're coming in and out, the noise was all around, but take it as it is. This is part of the journey. I don't think it, I don't think it should distract anyone from the beautiful points Flo has to offer. Also, by the end of conversation, we speak a little bit French, just for fun, for maybe a couple of minutes. So, if you speak French, you're welcome. If you don't, just enjoy the beautiful poetry of French words. And, yeah, the sound of it. <laughs> I wish you all to have a nice experience, to enjoy this first conversation of ours, with many more to come. But, without further ado, let's get into it. On y va. Hello, Flo. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's nice to be here with you guys. It's a beautiful studio. Yeah. Amazing. Beautiful Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're so glad you came. <laughs> yeah, we are here in uh, Motueka, New Zealand, South Island. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. So, okay, first thing. Um, do you want to introduce yourself the way you'll, you want to introduce yourself? So what can you say about yourself? What's your passion? What you like to do in your life? Whatever pops on your mind. Okay. Uh, my name is Flo, I'm French, I'm in New Zealand, I've been in New Zealand for one year and a half, around, um, thanks to the Covid, we all got <laughs> a lot of time here compared to what it could have been, sure. and, uh, and it's a great time to have an inner journey in here, mm. it's a really cool country, magical vibes, and I'm super happy to be here, really grateful to be on this part of the world right now. On an inner journey myself, <laughs> I turned 30 last year, so this is the beginning of a new decade for me and I accomplished a lot of new stuff. I got my driving license, I got dreads and I got new tattoos and I'm on my way to learn to be alone again after a lot of time in couples. And yeah, basically on an inner and outer journey. <laughs> in New Zealand. Uh, I live in my van, this is the van community and I'm super happy to do a podcast, to be creative and to put something out in the world to share that uh, that creativity moment. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah thank you again. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks to the plane, it's gonna be like yeah. background noise. <laughs> it's yes. like live action. <laughs> it is, it is. Mm. What would you say is your like passion? What do you do in life? Hmm. Hmm. I'm very curious, so I love to I love to discover new stuff, actually. I I'm interested in absolutely everything, like everything. I'm interested in intellectual subjects, but also in like um, 
material thing. I'm interested in fashion. I love to do photography. I love. I used to love movie theater a lot, even though since I'm traveling, it's a bit less uh, easily accessible. But I still love movies. Uh, yeah, I love animation a lot. I'm really, really into animation. Black and white movie, I really like the aesthetic also. Same for photography. And um, I like craft and art in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in pretty much everything in life. I didn't find yet something that is not interesting <laughs> at all for me. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. like a lot of circus stuff too. And I'm getting into the dancing and I would love oh, to get into nice. theater, but it's still a big step. And poetry and songwriting is also like definitely something I'm, I'm working on every day, mm. a little bit. I feel I really enjoy everything that's new, like just trying a new thing and then getting yeah. into it and then going to another thing. And yeah. so many little things to, to get to know, to yeah. learn, to see. And share people's passion. Mm. Like that's, for me, that's the most interesting. If someone can be passionate about something, then I, by being with that person and sharing that moment with them, then I, I get a glimpse of this passion myself and it's that's what makes life completely magic you know the little sparkle that is, is something you never thought about before and suddenly it's becoming like an art you know whatever it can be oh, as simple as it. words or <laughs> colors you know it's a special kind of connection when you find someone mm -hmm. like to share a passion with it's so yeah. beautiful always and everything is accessible that's what i love yes. about creation it's like It's just about doing it. Just do it. Get inspired and do it. And I think that's what I love in life, being inspired and doing many no, things. That's true. No, there's so much art. Like for me, I always see art like it's kind of universal. So whatever art you do, you can do everything, okay. but it's still just art, you know, it's still the same way of expressing yourself in a thousand different ways. So at the end, we all do different things, but they're all the same in the yeah. idea of it. Yeah. And it's like open-minding. Yeah, like true. <laughs> the more you, you are interested in things and the more you discover, you know, it's, it's uh, an unstoppable creating force, like, mm. yeah. Life flowing, flowing through you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really. For me, it's beautiful to see when people have this passion for anything, like mm -hmm. art, of course, but also other things. Once they are like at this level that when you see them, you know it, you're just mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. Yeah. And then I can be excited by climbing ice or like exactly. diving down the, into the ocean. Stuff like this, they're just like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm inspired to do something. Like, just exactly. your force is keeping me going, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. There is this level of mastery, you know, when they become mm -hmm. like so into yeah. it, they become masters just because they love it so much. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And maybe the thing I should work on in myself to be more productive would be to have more discipline, to stick to something so I can achieve a bit more of self-mastery and not being all over the place, like <laughs> being good at a little bit of everything, but really good at not no. one thing in particular. I think that, well, that's something I would like to, to work on. That's with amazing. Time, probably. Actually, I feel it's the same because I also want to do so many things and I feel like life is too short to try <laughs> and master them all. Like, it's, how can you choose yeah. one thing? Like, what is I the know. one thing you want? <laughs> I know, and me, I get bored really easily. <laughs> So after doing, starting something new, it's super magic and then I get bored. And recently I met that, that amazing guy, he's called Sip, he's a, he's a French guy, I met him in Takaka. And he was telling me, the minute you start getting bored, you start getting good. 
So if you stop at that moment, you're destroying any chance you will ever have to get good at anything. And for him, that's how he does everything in his life. He reached the state of boredom and push even, even harder after that. That's mm -hmm. the first sign that he's getting good at something. That's interesting. So I was like, wow, I'm gonna try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never thought it that way. Uh -huh, it's inspiring, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's a lot of this perseverance in every mastery. It's like yeah. a lot of hours spent alone. Yeah. Just drilling one thing or doing yeah, one thing, yeah. even if it's boring, even if it's... But you have this push that's keeping you going. Yeah, and I for him, it's really a good sign, like a positive mm -hmm. sign of like, you getting that, mm. you getting there, you know? keep on going mm. it's actually an encouragement instead of being like a, yeah. oh, I'm gonna switch to something else <laughs> like a, <laughs> well, yeah. well amazing <laughs> for me it's always whenever I meet people who are not from my hometown it's always interesting to ask about where they're from so basically I would like to know where you're from how would you describe your home how would you describe what's there the people whatever is important to you yeah, okay, I come from Paris. I'm born inside of Paris. So there is two, two Paris. There is inside of Paris and there is the outer, uh, we call it La Banlieue. It's really two different lives because the outer of Paris is like more like houses and small gardens and smaller cities where everything is kind of also further away. Like you have to take your car and stuff like that. If you live inside of Paris, we're really living in apartments, in buildings, and everything is close by. You can walk to everything or take public transportation. So it's, it's a link to life and to time that is super different. So me, I'm born straight inside of Paris. It's a very busy, high, fast-paced fast environment. I had to go away from it to understand that. but. All my childhood for me it was just very normal to do yeah, a lot of, of things and there's not much nature over there which is probably one of the reasons why I'm really happy that I left uh, but culturally it's insane like it's really good like really really good I'm so grateful I'm from that place it gave me an access on the entire world like I, I know other countries exist. I know they are important. I know how important it is to speak English, even though I was not too much into it. And I had access to many exhibitions, museums, movie theaters, a lot. It was a great place to develop uh, an artistic, intellectual mind. Whenever I'm speaking with French people, it's, for example, talking about what's been lost in Corona times. They all start with movie theaters, um, yeah. theaters, um, yeah. art galleries, stuff like this. So again, you're saying this as like the pr yeah. priority. I feel, of course, when when I'm in France, you see it everywhere. But still, like mm -hmm. it's so high in everyone's <laughs> mind and <laughs> important. It's so important. It's so important. Mm. And if like uh, okay, if this podcast is gonna be shared, let's say it to everyone, Paris is not a romantic city. It's a dirty. <laughs> dirty city with way too many people to have the space to have romance so it's a uh, very very overrated in terms of romantic um, possibilities uh, people are really harsh and not always really polite so that's not the place where you would like to take your love to have a time together uh, I would not recommend Paris at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> at all <laughs> like so sorry for everyone that thinks that this is their 
wedding destination. It's the worst possible choice for a wedding destination, except if you have a lot of money and you can afford to offer yourself those places that are protected from the crowd. Uh, for the rest of us, normal <laughs> peasants, <Like, laughs> peasant, exactly, uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely the city of culture. It's amazing ar architecture everywhere, like everywhere it's palace and history and it's, it's so rich in terms of building that tells you a lot about the past and it's, there is like more than 20 museums in there, in the whole Paris. Museums as fucked up are like, you can have like a modern art museum that, are, that have like really new concepts super interesting but you also have a tiny museum that is the museum of magic with um, all the that explain you all the tricks of old school magic going all the way to egyptians that were making ten, thanks to super intelligent system they were making things move with vapor water mm. uh, vapor and So just by heating another place, it was going into a conduct mm. and it would make something else move. And they would pretend, obviously, it was religious and magic. But yeah, it's the whole story of magic in this tiny, creepy I've been place, you know? This, actually, You've been museum, there? Yeah. <laughs> I love it! No, I actually, I love Paris. Like for the art mm -hmm. eyes of mine, I see it as like so much love, actually, because there is so much art everywhere in it. So from the heart, everything. It's so much expression yeah. that... For me, it feels like a lot of love there, but yeah, I know what you're thinking about. Like, it's so much tourists and people. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. for you living there, that must be completely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, if I, if I take someone to visit Paris, it will be really like the cool monuments, cool view over Paris, mm -hmm. and museum, movie theater, exhibition, mm -hmm. theater, everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything mm -hmm. cultural. So much. <laughs> and then you will never get bored and you will fall in love with Paris, for sure. A hundred percent sure. It's beautiful also because under 26 years old, I think you can visit all the museums yes. for free. So I was just yes. going around Paris, going to museums. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that. that Let that me in, thank best. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Beautiful. I turned 26. That was the saddest birthday of my life. <laughs> you know, people are sad when they reach 30 or 25. For me, it was 26. I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no more free stuff. You no, know, now no. when you reminded me of that, I so want to go to Paris right yeah, now. I'm running out. <laughs> yes, yes. We need to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that would have, yeah, that's great. But there's many, many ways in Paris to to access culture for free. Paris is really like well organized for that. You can go to opera, mm. for example. You can see an opera. They're projecting, they are recording opera piece and projecting it in movie theater. And if you go on certain days for very cheap, like for uh, seven bucks, you can see a whole opera in the movie theater after it's been recorded. Mm. And then for 10 euros, You can go to the opera itself whenever they have like space available. You go at the last minute, just before the show, and if there is space left, mm. you can have uh, your space for 10 dollars, for 10 euros. That's so it's, it's super well organized to be accessible, actually. Culture is really sought as a really common good, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's, oh, it's amazing. Paris is like a, a really interesting cultural city for that. So what do you miss the most? Art or...? Movie Something. theaters. Movie theaters? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely cinema is what I miss the most. Uh, tiny cinema that have screens smaller than what we have in our own houses nowadays. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and wooden seats. And, uh, but it's just being in the dark for two hours with yourself. Yourself and what the 
person who made a movie wanted to share with you. It's like something that we don't do enough, I think, in life, take, taking a real time dedicated to that one thing without anything coming to interrupt you. Anyone and anything. You dedicated to that thing for that moment. And being in the dark and being in silence and with that only light source that is the movie itself, it's for me, it's a, it's a really magical experience. Like, it's something that is very, very precious. Yeah, and uh, I'm not a big fan, obviously, of uh, big production like uh, Hollywood <laughs> blockbusters. Uh, and I've been in Canada for the almost three years. And in Canada, most of the movies that are being offered to people are blockbusters from the US because it's really close by yeah, in those course. giant cinema movie theaters that you can literally lie down. The seat becomes a bed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's entirely falls off like, and it's massive. Like it's two seats in one that's becoming a bed. Like it's just, uh. <laughs> it's nice. I enjoyed it, <laughs> but it's definitely not what I'm looking for in general when I'm going to movie theaters. And that's also one thing I'm really grateful about, uh, about Paris and all the tiny place that survived over there. So I've seen movies of like Mongolia and like, <laughs> Japan and India, small movies that you don't even know how they made their way all the way to Paris. Like, and I felt always like it was a really privilege to to be able to see that and I have access to that. So definitely, that's the thing I'm missing. And um, COVID might have destroyed that forever. They were barely surviving those little movie theaters when I was there, and there was no crisis. And uh, yeah, so I have no idea what Paris I will find when I come back. Yeah, I know that feeling. Hopefully a lot of uh, community things would have been created. It's not all negative. It's mm. opportunity to make new things also. Uh, yeah, I think people will be more aware of one another. Because the thing I miss the less <laughs> about Paris, the thing I'm really happy to not uh, have anymore is that absolute like capacity to ignore the person that is just beside you. Like I've lived in building I could hear at least three of my neighbors around me, like up, lower, and on the side, and I never got to know them. But I could know whenever they go to the bathroom or what TV program they are watching. And I never, never got to know their names even. In the metro, you're sitting just in front, like your knees are almost touching the knees of the person in front of you, and you're not even looking at them. So it's this capacity to completely cut the connection to the human beings around you. That for me is like absolutely that and nature, the lack of nature, it's like the reason why I would probably not live in Paris anymore. I would go with pleasure. I love that city, but I would probably not live there. I don't think it's uh, really good for the soul and the connection to the universe. Mm. Yeah, I see once you experience this tranquility of New Zealand, <laughs> which is oh, super yes. <laughs> easy going to imagine big cities back home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's kind of scary, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are it's from a, a small city, from a capital city in our country, but it's still small compared to like mm. Paris or whatever. And I always used to be like a city person. I loved cities. I was like, oh, I want to live in a city. But after New Zealand, I discovered the small communities and, you know, like a tiny, tiny city or almost a village when you know everyone and there's so much nature and it, it's so beautiful. It's so welcoming. It's so like... Yes. So free for the spirit to live with so many people mm-hmm. that are like, you're a big, big family. Mm. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's nice to go to the city, but for me it's yeah. even nicer to get out. To get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, New Zealand is, uh, is the best place for that. Though. So many remote places, like 
I, I got to to think that Nelson is too big for me. Oh yeah, Nelson <laughs> is too big for me. So, <laughs> which yeah. is like probably smaller than half of the cities of France, you know. Oh, yeah, And uh, for me, it's already two city like. It's very yeah. busy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, really grateful for the wilderness of New Zealand. Mm. Even though maybe yeah. I wouldn't live here forever either, <laughs> because it's too cold. But yeah, yeah, also yeah. because it's not there's not enough culture in many places. Um, in here, around here, Takaka, Motueka, it's okay. There's a good community of uh, of artists and thinkers and permaculture. <laughs> people and so it's uh, it's it's okay but in the rest of New Zealand I suffered a little bit from the lack of cultural event mm. so that's maybe one critique mm. about New Zealand but it's the only one I swear because yeah. I, like, <laughs> I love New Zealand <laughs> it's the best country ever but like yeah no. maybe yeah. a bit more culture I mean also this culture can be seen in for example Paris on the street you know like you have cafes you have the buildings you have yeah everything around you is culture yeah here You have to really find the culture. You have to look for it. Yeah, yeah. And this, I think, is the biggest difference between Europe and here. Yes, yes. definitely. It's just too young. <laughs> it's and, not yeah, <laughs> and things are really well organized. You know, mm -hmm. uh, street art, for example, is really like uh, mm -hmm. it's beautiful, but also it lacks a little bit that uh, that ah, yeah. craziness and craziness. freedom yeah. and rebellion that comes with it. Mm -hmm. So maybe also yeah, a bit more wild, humanly mm -hmm. wild. <laughs> yeah, you always have pros and cons, you have mm. specialism. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Oh, We is. have everything yeah. everywhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it's also to us to bring that too mm -hmm. with us, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a country where you have the space to actually bring something new. Yes. So... No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, it's amazing. And you can also discover a lot about yourself, because you don't fall inside this... Um, in the, you don't fall in the tradition, you don't fall in the culture. So you can discover what you like, what you work like. It's amazing yeah. for that, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. Even what's your own expression of the same thing that's done only in one way. Here you have like yeah. a million possibilities of how you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, there is something really powerful in terms of growth, inner growth in here that I, I never found anywhere else. It's mm -hmm. true. They say, because actually they say that New Zealand has like this feminine energy of peace and tranquility. And Europe, where we are from, has this energy of masculine, active energy. So you come to New Zealand to heal, to connect yourself, to grow, to be in peace. Yeah. And then you go to Europe to activate yourself, you know, to do something, to true, to like how do I say, to create, create. kind of mm. yeah, like, that's, that's not true. even create, realize, no real materialize, materialize. This is the word. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I can feel uh, inside of me so many projects that are mm -hmm. like taking shape and I need the quiet and the space and the air that there is in here to let them like yeah take Breathe. shape slowly yeah. but in, indeed those projects for me are more like happening either in Europe or maybe South America or, but that's true it's like kind of a place of gestation how do you say healing, that? Yeah. yeah giving mm. birth to projects yeah mm. it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> that's great yeah well <laughs> You know, when we talk, we talk about so many interesting things. So actually, we have a few things we would like to talk with you as well, because I think you have such an interesting, unique view upon them. And it would be amazing if you can share them with people. Yeah. So far, we've been really 
lucky to have heard you speak about some things that are really making us think and apply different concepts in maybe a new way, new light, fresh, fresh wind and even more in depth after hearing you speak. So yeah, we thought about some stuff that we would, we would love for you to, to explain to us again. This is just so, yeah, so profound really. It's so important also. Yeah. Yeah, so the first thing we'd like to talk about is consent. If you, if you want to tell us something about that, what consent means to you, what that actually is. Yeah, how do you experience it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consent is a definitely... Consent is a notion that I discovered in Canada. I was already 25 years old, so it's reasonably new for me which is sad. <laughs> I don't think we should wait 25 years old to discover what consent is, means, and what it carries of human respect. Uh, so when I when I got to Canada, consent was a big thing. Consent is a very big thing. It's a, sub, it's a topic. It's something that is int- very important for, for Canadian people. And um, uh, the first thing I've seen is a kid's book it was a kid's book about uh, about consent explaining no it to way. kids yeah on how when um, when a friend of yours wants a hug sometimes they come and they hug you when you feel that it's not a good moment for you and you don't know how to react because you really like your friend and usually you like hugs and sometimes you don't really want to push them away or sometimes you push them away too hard and they don't understand and that was a guide on how on that basis of just saying hello or hugging like really at the kids level on how you could absolutely say no even to something positive and how to make it um, acceptable for the other person and easier to receive you could offer another solution so in the book you could see little drawings of a kid that is like i don't feel like a hug right now but we can shake hands or we can kiss how we can just make a dance move. Why not to say hello? And I, um, I think it's uh, it's fundamental. It's fundamental to start with kids. Kids should know that their body and their space is their body and their space, and they have the right to keep that space for themselves when they feel like it or share it when they feel like it. And um, yeah, in a country where you have books like that accessible to every kid that explain that to you, I think it's like. A, for me, it was mind-blowing. Honestly, it was brand, brand new, brand new. And uh, and since then, I've been a bit like, I was surprised because I was like, why didn't I hear? I knew the word, I knew the meaning of it, but I never thought it was something important. You know, I just one word of vocabulary amongst many, and suddenly it became like a way of life. Because for me, consent is a way of life. It's a way of having in your mind the fact that people are different from you, feel stuff at a different level. And yeah, it's not just only for the body, it's in general, it's like acknowledging the person, the difference of the person in front of you. So since then I've been really paying attention to to people around me talking about it and I've been attentive to how it feels inside of me to feel consent. Um, at the beginning, just as a curious listener and little by little, I started to work on it. 
and uh, obviously we attract what we need yeah and uh, so I meet I met um, a person with who I was in a couple and this partner was actually very much very sensitive a sensitive human being very careful with the body and really careful with the touch me I'm a really touchy person it's easy for me to to share emotions and share um, vibration through the touch or feel the other person for me it's never um, in the intention of taking something from you but it's more a way of communicating uh, that is uh, that is very very rich and delicious and uh, little by little I got to discover that for some people that was actually like an invasion of their space and that could damage them in a deep deep level especially if they like me and they don't want to hurt me and they don't want to tell me and eventually they will tell me and and then it was really hard to receive like a anyway so this raised my awareness and uh, and then little by little I, I got into I got to really got interested in people's point of view and recently I went to a festival in New Zealand in here that is called Lunasa this year but Luminate the other years and they had a workshop about consent uh, unfortunately I couldn't attend it because I was um, on duty that day volunteering for the festival itself but uh, I made sure to talk about my to my friends that went there to have for them to explain to me what happened and one exercise of that workshop about consent was that you would offer to someone something that they would like right <laughs> and uh, for example a hug or a massage or simply holding hands uh, so to a complete stranger you would offer like would you like me to give you a massage? And most of the people in those situations would be happy about the massage and say yes. But the exercise was that the, the person should say no, thank you. So a loving no, even though you would like to receive it, but just to train yourself to say no and for the other person to train yourself to receive a no and feel how it feels inside of you and feels how it can be difficult to accept and dig into that feeling to be free from that and be ready to any moment in life receive a no without anger. But it was also about saying a loving no, because it's very important to not push someone away and enter in a violent, violent cycle. And to be simply, it's really no, but thank you. It's really like, I receive your intention, your good intention, and I receive who you are, and you have the right to exist, and you have the right to offer that to me, but I also, have the right to feel how it fits inside of me and refuse, but refuse with love. And um, yeah, that was really, that was really important because after raising my awareness, then I needed real tools to work on it physically and in real life. And to be able then to, to make my relationships with people, partners or friends, richer and better. And since then I've been really practicing that notion of consent every time I could, especially when I receive a no, a hurtful no. It's the best moment. So now it made my life really great because what would have usually just hurt me and made me angry is now a great possibility of exercising my constant capacity, <laughs> the capacity to actually receive a no. And because I can receive a no with love, I also realized that sometimes I used to accept things because I like the person who is offering it, even though it was not the good moment. But just because I like that person, 
then I would like would you like to hang out uh, right now like let's uh, let's have a coffee and I felt like being alone but I really like that person so I'm gonna be like oh yeah sure and now I'm like wait a minute <laughs> this time I was planning on spending it with myself and this person will still be around and I can say no and I can have that moment later and respect me and respect them and stay in that state of love not only for them not only for me but for everyone and it's uh, it really changing my entire life yeah beautiful well, yeah you told it so beautifully and so many things and I like how you mentioned it's so important to accept and offer the other person but also to take care of yourself like to always check if you're okay with what you're doing so it's like two most important aspects like mm-hmm. you and the other people yeah can mm. you love other people if you yeah. love yourself first I true. don't know true. How, how good can you manage that and you, you show them with example like mm-hmm. how to take care of yourself like if you take care of yourself good then you show them how you want to be taken mm-hmm. care of absolutely for absolutely. me it was beautiful to see it in um I was like to be in a community of people who really we're not practicing consent on like a level of acknowledgement but just practicing it just doing it mm-hmm. from the heart yeah and the thing is like in practice how it looked like it was always whatever happened nobody was questioning anyone why did you do it how did you do it with whom were you there or whatever it was always just all right it was exactly as it should be so even when we were hanging out with beautiful people like friends Ah, like so such beautiful people and with beautiful connections and everything still if you said oh actually I need time for myself everyone was just all right no words said it's just take your time that's that's the first thing that's the most important and I really felt so so in tune with myself with people I could always do what I feel even if it was offering it to someone but I always felt the life the force flowing mm-hmm. it was never I feel weird, I feel... If I felt weird, we would talk about it. I would just like say, I'm feeling weird. And it was always this, all right, um, <laughs> we understand that that's what's coming up and that we put it on the table, do what has to be done. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful connection and way yeah. of living. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. No, I agree with you because you're so transparent and everybody is just so honest about being themselves. And I've never experienced this at home, but here with this community, it's like you come and you can cry or you can go away and you're just accepted for who you are and you're just loved for that. And mm-hmm. people just allow you actually, like people allow you to be who you are. Kind mm-hmm. of. I believe it's connected to this um, subconscious control that we're always exerting. Like, oh, why are you sad? We're trying to know why or how or what happened. Or, or how can I help you, you yeah. know, to stop the misery. All the, all the beautiful things that are coming from the heart, it's everything is just from love. But we have to understand that sometimes people need a hug. People don't need to tell a story of what happened, you know, it's yeah. letting it be. And also to just let it feel because the emotions are they are all beautiful, all our emotions, and sometimes we need to feel sadness. And I know it's, for me, for example, it's very hard to watch somebody miserable and in sadness. And I was like, I'm always like, oh, how can I help you? So it's an exercise for me to let someone feel it as much as they need it. And then when they are ready, they can let go, they can come and talk to me. It's just giving space, you know, allowing people to feel what we have to feel. Yeah. The, the one thing that I didn't say yet, because it's it's far away in time so I, I don't think about it but 
uh, consent is really, really often associated with sex. Like generally, that's how people get to even hear the word consent. Mm -hmm. It's really like uh, you're gonna have sexual interaction with someone, and is that person okay with it or not? Make sure she is. Generally, it's for girls, and it's uh, to avoid a rape situation. Yeah, or feeling forced. Uh, so. This is also a part of consent. I didn't really talk about that, so I, I think, imagine, I, I think about people that never even thought about consent and suddenly they hear about someone talking like how consent is a way to be themselves and stuff. But like, it's also relevant for um, touch in general and especially uh, sexual interaction and especially for girls because sexual interaction for a girl is really letting someone in. So there's really something deep and a lot of fragility. Uh, it's like opening a door and letting someone in. So it's it's a it's a very important thing. I think I'm not a boy, so I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know about uh, how men feel like like it about sex. But as a girl, yeah, I really feel that it's opening something in me and giving the opportunity for someone to take something from me eventually. And so consent is also extremely relevant. Uh, with sexual interaction and it's probably uh, the first thing you should be aware of with consent even before reaching next level which is being yourself and being with other people in general but about sexual consent I think it's important to if we talk about consent to at least dedicate like two seconds to say that it's it's very basic yeah? making sure that the person in front of you is able to give consent and gives it so two things, the person gives consent, which means to receive consent, you have to take the chance, the risk to have someone that is not consenting. So asking question, is that a right? Do you want that? And asking fairly regularly, even if the person you start having sex with someone and the person is fully okay and suddenly and you feel it if you are a little bit in tune with the person in front of you which you should always be if you're gonna have sex with that person like you're gonna feel sometimes the person is like whew, taking few step backs getting away having a serious face like whenever you feel that that's how i deal with sexual consent whenever i feel the person in front of me backing up a little bit it's better to ask you know are you okay do you like that would you like something different just taking the time to breathe and ask is that still okay for you and as the same for the other like life consent being prepared in yourself even before you ask the question to receive a no so you feel the other person taking distances you first ask yourself okay what if that person doesn't want it anymore is that okay for me am i ready and if you feel ready then you ask is that okay for you and then you you, you can receive whatever that person has to share in that moment. Maybe they feel a fragility and they need a bit of time. Maybe they don't like what you're doing and they would like something else. Or maybe they change their mind and having sex is not okay for them anymore. And that should be all right. That should always be all right. Because then when you take the time to ask for consent and you receive the consent and the person is like, yeah, I love it, please continue. Then you have the most beautiful, mind-blowing sexual interaction you will ever have in your life. It's about quality, you know, it's about, it's about having something unique with a unique person in a unique moment. And obviously sexual consent is 
very, very important. Someone who is drunk or who took drug or in a heavily depression or yeah, fragile in, in their mind in that moment is not a person that is necessarily able to give consent. If that's the case, I don't know, but maybe it's better to not have sex with that person. You know? Is it a good moment to have sex with that person? Even though both of you want to, but is the person in front of you really aware of what's gonna happen and ready for it? If it's not the case, then I don't think you should have sex with someone. And there is other way to share with that person, to still be with this person in a beautiful way that it wouldn't be a sexual way. So if someone is drunk, yeah, it's easy, like you're more open, you have less boundaries, it's great. But a drunk person is less able to give consent, so you have to be twice as much attentive. Having sex with someone who is completely drunk and not even able to speak anymore is a rape. And I know this word is scary and I, I don't want to put this judgeful feeling on people, but it is rape. And if you don't want to be a rapist, and it's okay, we all, I do believe that we all been in a rapist position at some point in our lives. So it's not a big deal. It's okay. It's like, it's like doing a mistake. It's like doing a mistake. It's like hurting someone. You pushed your best friend when you were a kid because you got angry. Yeah, you, f you feel bad about it. You have to reflect on yourself. Why did you do that? And, and then grow up consequently, you know, be like, Okay, maybe next time when I feel angry, I'm not pushing my friend. Maybe I'm gonna take time for myself and think about it. I really would like rape to become something a bit more like... A bit more mainstream actually. Like There's a lot, lot of things that are rape and wouldn't be called like that because it's Im immediately like a criminal thing even like, no. Rape is like forcing someone. Forcing someone is happening all the time. You have to be aware of it. And you have to not be scared of asking yourself and facing that in yourself. And if you did force someone at some moment, it's always possible to ask for forgiveness. It's always, always, always welcome to say, you know, that time I didn't really took the time to ask and I feel that maybe I've been forcing you a little bit. Maybe you weren't fully consenting and I'm really sorry about that. And I'm gonna be uh, trying my best to not make it happen again. And next time to make sure and with all the other people I'm gonna be with to make sure that they are fully okay with that. Like uh, in another festival in New Zealand this year, uh, when they introduced the festival and opened it, uh, the guy said that this was a consensual event and that for him, if it was not, wasn't fuck yeah for one thing, then it was a no. It had to be a fuck yeah, not just yes, fuck yeah. That's that's consent. And also if you are silent, that doesn't mean yes. Exactly. So, yeah. exactly. Silent is like no. Exactly. And I really, really think it's important. But but it's not a big deal. If you force, forced someone at some point, we are just human. We make mistakes constantly all the time and you don't have to hit yourself for that, you know. But you do have the responsibility to reflect, ask for forgiveness, which is fundamental because you, that's how you heal someone and you heal yourself and then do better do better. We are human beings. We are here to grow up constantly until we die. And even possibly after if you believe in it or not. But I think that's really something about sexual consent that I would like to say. Oh man, you said it so amazingly like wow. So beautiful really. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
also I believe without consent you can't go, you can just reach one point. So if you really want to go deep, there's no going yes. past consent. Consent yes, is at the base of everything that you're trying to build, even with friends, not Absolutely. let alone any relationship that's partner or sexual or... Yeah. You know, and also I think you cannot have a deep connection because mm-hmm. somebody doesn't want to open it at all. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't want to open, how can you connect with that person? Even exactly. if it looks like you're connecting in a way. Mm-hmm. And we can, we all have the possibility to feel that yeah. when someone is fully open and when you are fully welcome in someone's space, you feel it instantly. It's not uh, an imaginary thing. It's like really something that you it's tangible, instantly yeah. feel. Yeah, it's tangible, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for me it was interesting, last time we were talking about it, you said also that consent is attention. Mm-hmm. So basically, I believe that using consent can be a beautiful tool co- to connect, to make people feel noticed, for people to really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, thank you for taking care of me, even though usually this doesn't happen. I would love to see the world where everyone's like, oh, is it okay yeah. if I drink from your cup? Yeah. Stuff like this, little things everywhere. It's acknowledging difference, mm-hmm. really, like, mm-hmm. it's acknowledging I perceive life in a way and someone else's perception can be completely different, yet legit and valid and yeah. important. Mm-hmm. And respecting that is respecting someone else, giving That's them true. the opportunity to be, to exist, mm-hmm. simply, like, you can exist, you are allowed to exist as you are, and as you are, you are mo- the most beautiful and you are this person that I want to meet, as you are. How would you say that yeah. consent is used in practice? Like, which which examples are the most, we wouldn't even think about it, or where is it the most powerful, of course, regarding sex, but even in things that like we don't think about. Things. Yeah. It's accepting a no. For me, that's, that's the, that's the mm-hmm. main point of consent, I think. In general life, in sex, in everything, I think, Expressing the no is sometimes really hard, it's something you have to work on, but accepting the no, I feel that if people were accepting no more often, therefore it would be easier to say no. I think really that's, if, if someone is interested in that notion of consent, the first exercise is like being ready for a no, for anything in life, anything. That's the base, for me it's the number one thing to do. And it's the one that is still questioning me like, all the time, all the time. Yes. I am like, it's funny that you ask me to talk about consent because um, at many regards, I was the worst with consent. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, probably, I'm going like from far away, like but people that know me would not say I'm a master of consent. Definitely, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, very, I'm, a very, I'm very much a, a student still, a very big work in progress about consent. And it's really, yeah, in my life, in general, it's constantly, constantly. And also finding the harmony in consent, which means like, okay, I received like that person, a friend of mine was talking about this guy, she was with him and every two seconds he was asking her, can I touch your cheek? Can I touch your hair? Is it okay if I sit beside you? Or is it okay if my legs touches your legs? <laughs> every two seconds <laughs> she was absolutely sick of it. She just wanted to tell him to go because he was breaking the magic of the moment by asking too much. Mm-hmm. And so she was questioning consent. She was like, 
well, I would rather that it doesn't ask me anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the funny thing with consent. It's, it's about also finding the balance. Mm -hmm. So that's a good exercise for quotidian life. It's also uh, training yourself to feel those moments where consent can be asked mm -hmm. and those moments where it's okay. You know, it's, a, it's a, like this guy that was asking too much, he needs to meet girls like that to tell him maybe that's too much and maybe you will readjust the balance. Mm -hmm. There's no wrong thing again. The same way it's not wrong to force someone, it's just like you're on your way if you have this attention to it. The same way asking too much and being too much into consent is also being on your way. There, like there's no judgment, like you just work in progress. But finding that harmony and balance of like that's a good moment to ask. You know, when there is a pause, you're talking with someone, Suddenly there is a little silence. It's very good to say, is it okay if we continue talking? Are you tired? Like consent is also that, you know? Are you feeling all right? Would you like to eat something? Would you like a glass of water? This is a good moment. There is a pause in the conversation. This is a good moment. You don't have to stop the conversation right in the middle to say, oh, by the way, do you want water? Are you okay? Is it okay if we talk together? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same in, uh, it's the same in sex. It's the same in, uh, in every aspect of life. It's also good when you practice to also just feel the moment and feel the harmony to find the balance, the, the good balance. And, and this is not a, an a idea, this is not a utopia, this is very something that you can work on. It's, mm -hmm. it's also very tangible, so that's also something for everyday life. For me I feel that consent goes really hand in hand with discovering what you want, what mm -hmm. my need is, what my feelings are at the moment, and also to deal with our fear of rejection. This yeah. is the biggest thing, so like working on these two things yes. is a big, big part of life, not just consent, but in general, if you master fear of rejection and your feelings, uh, you're doing pretty well, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying no, receiving no, Yeah, that's it. What to not? say no, you have to know yourself mm -hmm. and what's okay and not. Yeah. And to receive the no, you have to be confident in yourself enough mm. and open enough. So yeah, it's two beautiful things to work on. Consent is an absolute, wonderful, magical way to interact with human beings. And consent is attention, fully attention to the person in front of you and to yourself. Yeah, yeah, consent is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> oh. Thank you so much so for telling us this. Like, I think this is such an important topic and I didn't even hear, hear about it before I came here. Mm -hmm. I think I discovered it in New Zealand as well. So it's yeah, it's so deep and so profound and so important for everyday life as well. Yeah. Is it okay with you if you continue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! I consent, <laughs> but thank you for asking actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'll Hi. serve myself another coffee, I'll make myself comfortable and this discussion <laughs> will be even richer. Perfect. Thanks to your question. <laughs> life consent. <laughs> Beautiful. I feel respected and loved, you see. <laughs> Consent is a beautiful way to interact. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to tell this story, how you once told me that after you, you break up with your partner, I don't know, you were traveling around for some time and then your friend asked you, hey, did you meet anyone new, anyone beautiful, anyone interesting? And you're thinking and you said, oh yes, I did, I met me. <laughs> and I think this was so, this is so beautiful and so important and talk so much about knowing yourself and self-love and mm -hmm. the importance of like 
connecting to yourself and being first in love with yourself. So it would be a great pleasure to talk with you a little bit about that as well, because I think this is also not discussed a lot in the world. Mm. That's a complicated one, huh? Self-love. <laughs> Self-acceptance. Yes. Well, yeah, self-love is very much like consent for me and huh? something I'm uh, very, very new to. <laughs> very, very new. I'm, um, I've been in couples for... I've, I've, I've mostly had really long-term, like, well, reasonably long-term relationship. Uh, I've stayed four years with someone and then one year and a half and then five years almost. So I've spent a lot of my lifetime being in couples. And I uh, based my self-love and self-appreciation a lot on what other people, especially people I care deeply about and love deeply, could think about me. And um, so, yeah, it, I do believe you can love yourself and grow through someone else's love. It's part of it. But now that I'm finally single for the first time in a while, I realized that I didn't really take a lot of time with myself for myself. It's not about knowing myself really because I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly evolving. I'm not the same person from one second to another even. But it's more having this love for for this thing in progress I am. Like It's having this unconditional love for whatever I might become and having this trust that I'm on my way to beauty, you know? I'm on my way to to be beautiful, to receive beauty, to accept it, and to see it everywhere, to create it. And like, I believe that if you reach that state of trust that you are on your way to beauty, then this applies for everything in life. This applies for life itself. Life is on its way to beauty. And it just needs love, trust, and space. And uh, yeah, I'm on my way for that very slowly. It's a lot of a uh, lot of thing to discover, but right now, at least, I don't know if it's right or wrong, or if it's the way, or like my way at the moment is really to dedicate this life moment to myself, to to be my best friend, to be my best lover, to be the, the ideal girl for me. <laughs> I just want to love yeah. me. Like This is the path I'm on right now. I'm becoming my ideal human for myself. It's a lot about having this relationship with you first and then everyone else. Yeah, being in a state of absolute love. Because love's called love. You love yourself better, you love others better. You have space for yourself, you have space for others. Also for me a new word was compassion. I don't know mm. how you understand this, but I feel we have to be compassionate to ourselves and really mm. accepting ourselves. And a lot of things that we apply to others, we never think about doing them for ourselves first, like like acceptance, like even consent, you know? <laughs> am I am I alright with doing this? So first taking care of ourselves and then we can be but not better, but just we can be full fully us for others. Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like like love without compassion is like missing a little bit because you're not fully accepting all the things we kind of call bad but they're not bad they're just things mm -hmm. how would you define compassion 
I'd actually used to define compassion as love before, but now I, I now I see that they are, they walk hand in hand, but they are two different things. So like compassion is this big acceptance of everything, the allowing, the acceptance, just to allow everyone and yourself to be just the way you are, with all your flaws and all your perfect mistakes and not mistakes, whatever you are, and to love yourself that way. And compassion allows you to love yourself in that way, even if you're not what you should be like perfect. Mm. Well, this is for, for me what compassion is. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely love, yeah. So many things are love anyway, like, you know, it's like more like a feeling, like, yeah, whenever true. your heart feels like something is right, generally it's coming from love, mm. a really loving place. Compassion, it's a word I never use. I never use that word. I think it's very English, so we all have to kind of make our own <laughs> definitions. We don't have the word for compassion in Slovenian. I cannot find it. Like Because for me, it's very, very religious. I heard compassion? that. Yeah, really? Compassion, yeah. I've it's never a, heard it religi in religion. Ah, yeah, for me, uh, compassion is what Jesus have for mm -hmm. uh, humanity. Mm -hmm. They say that compassion is the most healing ability you can have. Like, mm. to be compassionate to someone, to just accept them and understand them so fully and hold love them, them. support yeah. them. Mm -hmm. This exactly, to hold them and allow them to be and love them in that way. So it's like the compassion allows you to just mm -hmm. carry this person. So it makes sense actually that mm -hmm. Jesus used it a lot. Yeah, you, you, can, you can make a lot of parallels from all the different expressions we use and there's one really good that's like um, God is representation of love and for Jesus to use compassion, I think this is the perfect mm -hmm. continuation. You know, you're coming from love, you're like manifesting compassion. So I think Jesus' compassion. Oh yeah, like Absolutely. the Holy Trinity. Yeah. The God is love, the Jesus that's compassion, and the Holy Spirit. What is it? Mm -hmm. It's not just the Spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm coming from uh, an atheist family. Like yeah. I don't have any religious background really, and except because uh, coming from France, obviously it's a lot of uh, um, Catholic culture, yeah, sure. mm -hmm. even though you, 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 you're going out of it, you still, it's still everywhere. And uh, it's really something I'm questioning a lot. And I have the tendency to each of those words, to take them with a lot of care, like being really careful How with the way them? I use them. Yeah. And because I really have a trouble with the guilt notion in the Catholic religion. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, guilt I agree is a really dark, so dark emotion mm -hmm. that hardly can give birth to love. Mm -hmm. And compassion, compassion actually is, yeah, it's really interesting that you pointed it out because, yeah, it's actually, it's actually a beautiful one. This one, I think I could definitely deepen a lot. It's interesting for anyone of us who is speaking <laughs> English as second language because you're always exploring what does it, what does it really mean because mm -hmm. even English speakers don't really know but they have a better feeling for it and yes. we're just like exploring like what, what does it mean and then you yeah. use it in your own way you know I that's think true. that's the beauty of language it's just yeah. true compassion <laughs> would be acceptance would be like yeah yeah it's a exactly <laughs> I like what you said giving space like holding space as, mm -hmm. as well yeah Congratulations, but it's like national holiday now, especially yeah. in France. What yeah. today is national holiday? It's yes. uh, the... World day, workers yeah. day. Workers day. I don't know how it's called. Oh, yeah. So day where nobody everyone. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What day are we? Oh, Saturday, that sucks. Ah, 
Why are one of those yells? You know, always. <laughs> it's New Zealand. They're so smart. They have yeah. something called Mondayization, so everything is on Monday. Yeah, yeah, you know that Anzac Day was actually on Saturday, but they moved it to Monday, so people can have yeah. a free day. And this is what, like, this is what the country, country needs. Man. Like, <laughs> but also, it's a young country. Yeah, true. You yeah. know, they can't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. All those countries in Europe, like, they're just like they're like yeah, tradition. They're so stuck. Yeah, they're yeah, so like stuck. Power. So stuck. Like, the, you know, the solution for the planet will definitely not come from. Yeah. Europe. Exactly. Maybe that's why I don't feel like yeah, it's gonna settling come in Europe. For sure. Female energy from New Zealand. <laughs> and all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like feminism yeah, is so developed in South America. So, <laughs> so much more than in Europe. It's already achieved at many levels in places like Canada, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Europe yeah, sure, is definitely I think, not the I think place. the whole South um, part of the world is more feminine energy and the whole North part of the world is more masculine oh. energy. So it could be this is why down here is more mm. more present than the feminism. Mm. Uh, feminism itself, I don't like that much because it's too aggressive and too strong for me, but the idea, yeah. I know what you're talking about, like the idea achieved a lot already. Just saying, you can be a free woman thanks yeah, to yeah. feminism. Huh? Yeah, I know. You owe them that. Huh? It's not boys that fought for your rights. Huh? It's girls. And they died and they, they had to be aggressive for you to be able to be free today. I know. Look at the fights, look at every right you have. It's coming from girls fighting, not sorry, <laughs> but not from boys defending or fighting for equality. No, but I don't I don't talk about this I talk about I don't talk about this aggression kind of but I think like the feminism became this thing when where women want to act like men. No. Because I don't agree. Like I want them to us to be equal but not the same because we're not the same, you know. And I don't like the idea where women act like a man, except if she wants that, except if this is from her, you know, if she wants to do it, that's okay. But, you know, this modernization when women should do actually everything that men does, but also what women does. So at the end, what happens is that women does work, have children, cooks at home, so all this stuff and men only go to work, goes to work. So this is why, this but is the part of... they are fighting for that, huh? Nowadays. They are fighting for equality in home, like yeah. Also, yeah. the so guys this, this takes is my, care of the This is my kids. problem of the feminism, not not what you're talking like about. Typical but this. modern feminism is asking for, um, uh, you know, when you have a baby and then you don't work for a few months leave. after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the paternity leave is actually yeah. one of requirement from the feminist too. Mm-hmm. In Slovenia, there's I think you can Nine split months, it equally yeah. between both parents. Exactly. Ah, one, one year to is split equally. Pretty cool. I, think it is. I didn't know, but that's pretty yeah. cool. And we yeah, get no, a lot, lot, yeah, like yeah, we a got year. one year. I I uh, I think it's honestly I, I. If you look at what have been achieved, if you look at facts, and not just ideas and opinion, but at facts, feminists actually did good stuff. Like the only critic I hear all the time, but because of this one critic they are being discarded completely, is that they are too violent and they are anti-men. I hear that constantly. So you see the facts, you see those women that achieved so much for other women without taking things away from men. And yet the only thing you hear, it's a critic that they are too violent. Me, I only hear patriarchy, you know, and, and I hear that from women constantly. But for me, honestly, and I'm telling you, but it's the voice of patriarchy in your head. It's another voice of control, because realistically, feministes, like, maybe the they're going to yell, maybe they're going to be aggressive, but come on, what did they do? Did they hurt anyone? Not really. They just fought for their rights. So I think they, des- they deserve, they deserve, you, you, de- you, s- you can be feminist or not, it's your right, but they deserve credit. 
and they deserve appreciation. Oh, and they didn't credit. deserve to be constantly accused of being too violent and against men. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. It is a part. I'm not denying it either. But it's definitely a tiny part compared to all the good they did and they deserve to be defended. And I will defend feminists against whenever I hear that opinion and I hear it constantly, I will defend them, even with other women. They are your ancestry. They are what made you the woman you can be in that century. They deserve credit. They deserve credit. I wanna hear I wanna hear fucking once someone telling me like Feminist did, feminist did such a great job. Like the day there will be a guy coming up to me and in the conversation saying like something <coughs> like, feminist did a great job, thanks thanks from to them, you know. I will be like, because constantly I hear feminists are too aggressive, they hate men, or uh, they, are, they are the ones who, who are being sexist. I hear a lot of men being hurt by that, but I also hear a lot of women who are like, I don't want to be called a feminist. They are like, um, they are so aggressive like i don't I, i'm a woman but i'm not a feminist and i don't think all women should be uh called feminist and stuff guys wow. give them credit you don't have, nobody force you to be a feminist but you can give them the credit that they mm. deserve i think what, are, what what do you actually think about this what's going on now that like women do have like a full-time job that's less paid than a man which is still what feminists still achieve that but it's amazing but it's still not as fair and then they have to take care of the children and then they have to cook at home so it's like and do the chores that are like traditionally like traditionally culture. women culture so i know Not that more and more men are helping them but you still see this a lot of time and it's it's at the end what, what it looks to me is just that the woman gets only more responsibility do you think that it's coming yeah, from society though don't yes. you think of that course it does that's of course only it does from like from society, if you course. are in an enterprise there should be the enterprise should be the one thinking about the solution for children mm -hmm. making sure that their employee can have their children no i situation agree with this 100% independently of women or men mm -hmm. like you have kids do you have do you have a solution for them to be taken care of you mm -hmm. know it's this space like enterprises should work connected to life Life means you need time for yourself. You need to do sports and exercise. You need to relax. You need to take care of your kids. You need to take care of yourself. These should be normal requirements that enterprises should think about. So it's actually this fucking system that is crushing everyone. Yeah, it's just not human. We are being treated like machines. Like in the same way you cannot put a kid in a schoolroom for eight hours a day and expect him to be like happy and healthy and creative. You cannot put an adult human being in a stressful position eight hours a day and expect him to continue having a healthy life on the side that it is inside of him or with his kids yeah. or with everything it's not possible it's not working out but this is, has nothing to do with either feminist and even men it has to do with the way we think of society mm -hmm. and men are the ones that are paying that too they are paying that too because i had a friend he took care of his three girls and he had so much trouble with justice to be recognized that he was a single father. Mm -hmm. Justice kept putting the kids in the hand of the mom that was really destructive, that was mentally not okay enough to take care of kids. And yet the kids were sending back to the mom constantly and he had to fight with everything he had to get his kids back, even though he was obviously the best one to take care of them. And like, it's just, 
It's just bullshit for everyone. I don't think it's men. It's making men happy. You know mm-hmm. this situation. No, I think they're really like excluded from the conversation. I think we should be working with the men as like idea of what is a relationship, what is a life, like because um, exactly what Emma said is when you ask the women, for example, like how much work do you do? Oh, I do like when you calculate like 70 80 percent of housework just from the what we are supposed to do. You know, so like mm-hmm. everyone needs to be in the conversation. Oh, how much are we doing? What are we doing? Are we doing the things that, that we like and the things that nobody likes? How can we split them fairly? Mm-hmm. Stuff like this It's like so. it's not about doing the same. It's not just like let's let's get this percentage down and then even yeah. even more down if yeah. men feel like you know ah, I'm gonna help you because you're raising children I'm gonna do some more work but never this happens but also it needs no. to be more democratized like, uh, like taking care of kids but taking care of kids there should be uh, TV shows and stuff like that that explains yeah, exactly, to yeah. everyone including men how to take care of a kid yeah. because it's expected from girls to know how to and nobody knows but For girls, we're just leaving them. We 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 just expect from girls to know, and the yeah. reality is that nobody knows. No. When you have a kid, you don't know anything. You're just doing what you can, and generally not really great at the beginning, but you're mm. getting better, and eventually works out. Yeah, but man's they are like, oh my god, I don't know how to do that. I can't do it. Yeah. I'm unable to do that. And sincerely, I understand. Like yeah, I understand yeah. how you can be freaked out by yeah. the situation. No, but I think the situation so is because it should be explained to everyone. Woman, being a man, parent is actually such a strong thing. And you can gain such a power from knowledge how to do it that the society doesn't want us to know because if we mm. know we're gonna be so much more free because we're gonna be we're gonna be raising powerful. future rebels. Yes, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, but not... here's the thing that I want to tell you where I'm coming from. So when I was studying, we were working sometimes in the hospital, and we had a great teacher. She was a woman, and she was a surgeon. So she was 40, amazing surgeon, no family, no kids, all other men, surgeons. Of course they had kids, they had families. But you know how hard it is to be like a woman surgeon? She had no time for kids and for family because she had to raise the kids alone. Usually like women raise the kids. And for her there was no time because she was a surgeon. I know this is a problem of society, but this is what is happening then. Then the woman gets a job and she has to... And then she has two jobs if she wants to have a children. So a children job and a job that she has. And I love having a job, I want to have a job, I want to be independent. So this is incredible what they did. But My problem is that situations like this happens then. That still like this woman should have enough like enough money to have a children and enough time to have it like to have a child, you know. But it doesn't work like this. So this is what's my problem. Like she yeah. can choose a career or a child and that's it. Yeah. In our culture is really like if you the perfect example you gave. It's men they can give ah yeah all the worries to, to their woman and mm. they raise a child whereas woman is still in the eyes of society supposed to raise a child because if you have a stay-at-home dad you know who's just taking care of the child sometimes but there's can... nothing wrong with that yeah it's nothing wrong but in the eyes of society this is like super ah, okay. like super stigmatized it's like you're oh you're like uh what kind of man are you staying at or home like care what of kind children? of mom are you not caring for a children yeah, yeah from all sides so i But what you said, we should be educating people with movies and TV shows. We are doing this, but just in the wrong way. Oh we're, yeah, we're educating so badly. Yeah, we're doing wrong. things like every movie you have like, oh, that's how it looks like when you're raising a child by yourself. It's and big. it's always bad and it's always It's hard to, to keep your house clean. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. To raise a kid, it's a lot of work. This should be taught. Not just that we're doing nothing. We're doing very negative 
Can you open the door, sorry. Ooh. Also, like for relationships, like people watch the shows and then they think relationship should look like this. Like, oh, you see? Yeah. It's really bad, like, it's really bad. All the relationships on TV, I haven't. I don't know when we were watching a movie and I said, oh, this is a nice, healthy relationship that I see here online. Yeah. There is no nice. Healthy but even if they're represented as a good guy, mm -hmm. they're still saying and doing stuff that's bad. Like, even the things that, like, oh, yeah, we represent like a really good sex lasting five minutes. <laughs> hmm, are we sure, like, this is a thing we want to promote, mm -hmm. you know? Because it's like, oh, no, no, no time to have like a really long sex thing because it's too whatever, you know? Yeah, to I have really like a real connection. And Society is one thing, but also it's the responsibility of mothers to educate yeah. their kids, You're so right girls and boys, but yeah. girls too, and their to teach them they like can do everything. Yeah. And boys that they also can do everything. They also can clean the house and they can yeah. enjoy that and mm -hmm. they can have emotions. It's a girl's constant job to do it. Constant job. And if every girl, every girl, girlfriend, mother, sex friend, just one night stand would educate every man little by little with love you don't have to be abrupt and confronting you can do it also with a lot of tenderness and love like I did but if we were all doing that masculinity would be so much healthier I, would, I believe no you're so right yeah. but it's hard it starts it's with hard. us yeah. imagine being a, a mother and your kid raped a girl how and you know he didn't intend that to, you know he's a good boy, he's your boy, mm -hmm. he's your son, you love him so much, you definitely don't want to know about his sex, sex life. But I strongly believe that this is the moment where, as a mother, you should be like, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I love you, I love you in every way, but this is unacceptable and I will not accept it and I will not forgive you until you work on yourself. This is a mother's responsibility, a sister's responsibility, a friend's responsibility. When a guy does something like that, the whole feminine community should be taking care of that. Not to beat him up, but also the whole the but to educate him. Community yeah. should I think everybody should be educated. Even the men, you know, if the men see that the woman is the, the other man is touching a woman some in a way she doesn't like, like on a party or something, mm. also they can stop this if they are like somebody conscious. conscious. Yeah, they can come and protect the girl because. You obviously see, like, if she doesn't yes, like Yes, but if a man protects a girl, then you enter again that logic, you know? No, a but girl it's like, a man. I agree a woman, that everyone should do it, you know? Men or women woman alike, comes at it the doesn't matter. Like, it's not yeah. helping anyway, because it's not about helping people, it's about educating mm -hmm. the person who is doing the thing, you know yeah, what I mean? But you it's are a different... helping with educating, but yeah, I know what you I don't want to be helped. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be helped, and first of all, I don't want to be aggressed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be harassed. Yeah, I don't sure. want to need help, you know what I mean? This is the first step, like I want to live a peaceful life as a woman. I want to walk in the street and if I'm in a couple with a girl, I want to walk in the street holding hand with my girlfriend, feeling safe and feeling allowed to be myself and not being harassed. Believe it or not, I've been asking to men around me in Paris if they ever noticed street harassment towards women. 90% of the guy I've asked that says I never see it. Honestly, I hear girls talking about it. I never see it. And those are nice guys. Those are guys that are actually willing to change and to create the change yeah. in this planet. They don't notice. And me, I'm they like, watch, yeah. how can you not notice something that is happening all the time to all the women? So, no, but honest, it's pointless to yeah. get angry. Huh? Yeah. I said to that guy, okay, please, 
one day, if you walk in the street and you think about it, you know, you're bored, you have time for that, you don't have to think about it all the time, but maybe when sometime you're just in the street and you don't know what to do and you have a little bit of time, just look around, look at women, look at men and look at what's happening. And I was like, you're going to see it because it's happening constantly. There's no way you can, you will not see it. So you will see it. And I'm mm. like, when you see it, if you feel safe to do so, say something, do something. So it doesn't happen and it's normal and nobody yeah. cares. Just do something just to put in the world that this is not okay. And yeah. that someone is going to yeah, yeah. say something at some point and make that a habit. Yeah. If you feel safe, you know, you're not going to fight a, a guy again, put your life at risk mm -hmm. either. But just first of all, put the attention to notice, mm -hmm. expand your attention span to women present there with no other intention than feeling a bit of their reality, you know, and then act on mm -hmm. it if you can. Yeah, but without this consciousness, even before, I can tell you, like, for Emma, it's a totally different experience of the same thing. Like, I never been like harassed or anything like I. Maybe it's not so common in Lublin, I'm not sure, but still, I can tell you that never I really saw anything. Maybe like, you know, from the corner, but it was not in my consciousness. Exactly, exactly. Whereas Emma, like, you grew up with it, like it happens here and there and somebody whistles yeah, behind you and all the little stuff that are like a oh, normal right. thing, in you know. Lublin happens this a lot, but not this a lot, yeah. Yeah, but still, it's all You, you it's just, all honestly, you take idea. one hour in the metro station and you look at what's happening, you, you're gonna see 10 situations of yeah, uh, yeah. harassment. Mm -hmm. but, you hear but you have to make that choice. You have to choose to look, because if you don't choose to look yeah, actively, you can also yeah. take the, the metro a hundred times and never notice. Yeah, but I was never, exactly, I was never even shown or presented this, so, like, It was not yeah. in my conscious. As soon as you put it in, then yeah. you see it everywhere. It's such a hard subject, eh? I was working as a waitress and I had like a co-worker and there was, I don't know, there was this group of guys, like older guys, like 40 something, coming in and there was one guy who really liked this girl, my co-worker, and he was like such a dirty, disgusting talk, but he was giving her a lot of money as tips, you know, so she would just keep taking it. So she would go there and stand like this and say, what can I give you for a drink? And he would start and then she would come back and she was like, oh, he's so disgusting and blah, blah. So at some point I just had enough because it was so disrespectful. I couldn't listen to it. And I was like, stop acting like this. this. And you know who got angry with me? She. She got so angry with me. She didn't want to talk to me anymore after that. The guy was then apologizing five hours to me, like, no, but I'm not a bad man, I have a child, I love my child, I love my wife, I wouldn't do anything, I was just kidding, why are you so stiff? She was angry with me as hell, like, what the fuck, I, had, I handled the situation so nicely, like, blah, 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 and then they were all just angry with me, but sh that was the thing, like, she was angry with me. Mm. Taking all this disgusting bullshit, like, how can you so disrespect yourself for these tiny tips that he gives you, like, what the fuck is wrong with that you? That is like, just a matter of perspective. What did the guy think about it? If he was sorry and if you probably a little bit save his soul, you know what I mean? Mm. You treated him like a human. She was using him. You treated him as an equal with respect. You treated him like a friend. You would say that to your friend, like I respect you enough to tell you that this behavior is not acceptable. It takes a lot of love to go and say to someone this is not acceptable. It's much easier to ignore it and it's much easier to use it like she was doing. Mm. Because you thought you were making a favor to her, but you really were making a favor to him. You were making him a human. It, yeah. mm. I never thought about it this way. You were fucking her business, but you were making him a human. And you made her stop using him. 
So technically, you helped him, and that's what people don't get. It's like, it's men that will win in the end of that situation. More equality with women. They're going to be the everyone. one that's going to be... Yeah, everyone yeah. is going to win at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a plus for everyone. So you know, because women, we have been live. going by that for ages. We know. We know how to deal with that. We have to. We don't have the choice. But men has everything. They have everything to win to change that situation. Everything, honestly. And I do believe so. Like, uh, very, very strongly. And good guy, they don't change anything. Because if you go back to 1950, a good guy was a guy was, who was not beating up his wife and his kids. The wife couldn't have a bank account in her name. The wife couldn't have a job without the approval of her husband. The wife couldn't do anything without the husband. The wife was not even a proper human being. But because he was not beating her up and he was letting her talk and she could have her opinion, then he would be a good guy. But yet the woman would still not be able to have a bank account or anything. So, you know, all the guys that are telling me, oh, but I'm a good guy, I'm like, yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> You're not gonna give me more rights by being a good guy. You're being a good guy, good for you. You're being a decent human being. Good job at being a decent human being. It's great for yourself, I'm happy for you, good thing for you. But me, if I want to have equal right with you, I need you to fight by my side. Yeah? Everybody, little by little. And, and this is what good guys guys that think they are good guys don't understand and we come back to consent consent is good guys are raping her constantly bad guys that are real rapists are not that many in the society how many how what percentage of society mm. of rape that happen are orchestrated by assholes that like to rape women that would then be a big percentage most of it is like in a couple the guy forcing his girlfriend because he wants and she doesn't want and he doesn't respect it. Or, or this guy like that. that is at a party and he likes that girl and she might be liking him too. Drunk. She's not too sure. Yes, she's drunk and he's pushing it. Like those guys are nice guys. They are not assholes. Mm -hmm. They are nice guys. Yet they are the ones who commit the rape. And they will, because they are nice guys, they will never ask themselves. The guy who is a rapist eventually is gonna crash a wall. Huh? He's gonna be arrested by the police, or he's gonna find somebody stronger than him, and he's gonna have to understand. But the nice guy mm -hmm. can live the, his whole life in that illusion of I am a nice guy with, without ever asking himself the mm -hmm. question. I'm in a war with nice guys. And nice guys <laughs> hate feminists. <laughs> because feminists don't like nice guys. And it's constantly, and I'm, me, Again, you're not fighting with me, then you're, you're against me. And it's the same with every level of life. Uh, racism. If you're not fighting against racism, if you're not fighting side by side with someone that is a black skin and you're white and you're fighting side by side with him against racism, if you're just living your nice white guy or nice white girl life and never actually fights actively against racism, I'm sorry, but you're just participating. You have no rights to pretend you're not a racist. You're living by a racist society without fighting it. Therefore, you're accepting it. If you're not fighting, you're not against. You're with it. You're not encouraging it, but you're still working by it because it's in your advantage somehow. You're not the discriminated one. Why would you change? Oh yeah, it's you don't want to interrupt your level. status quo life. You know? exactly. It's just like your bubble and you don't want anything to change in your bubble. So you want to tell me you're not a racist? Then you must, what do you actively do to stop racism? You want to tell me you're a nice guy? What you do actively to rebalance, 
to reach equality between men and women. If you cannot tell me anything that you're actively doing that costs you an effort, and you would know because it would cost you an effort, if you're not actively doing that, then don't even come to talk to me about the fact that you're a nice guy. You're not a nice guy, you're just a lazy asshole that's living by society's rule. And then you come tell me that uh, uh, feminists are too aggressive and they hurt your little male ego, you know, like, I don't care about your little male ego. Feminists, they gave me rights, so I, I, I have respect for her. You gave me nothing. You gave me uh, not beating me up. Great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. You deserve to be a human being and <laughs> great for you, good for you. But like, this is a, yeah, I would really like nice guy to understand that because I will never convince an asshole. But if I can convince one nice guy at a the time, then the world is changing. One nice guy at a time. And I do believe that we could achieve stuff by fighting side by side. And it, again, it works for everything, ecology, racism, any, any kind of discrimination that is against human, against the planet, against animal. We need to actively do shit, even if it's small stuff at your own level, but you need to do mm -hmm. something. Mm. I believe everything starts with awareness. So even just talking yeah. about it in a, Absolutely. In a not, not a pushing away, but inviting um, people into this discussion. Yeah. I think this is basically goes back to that, you know, like if you are not aware and conscious of yeah. something's happening, you don't even like Absolutely. You don't realize it, you don't do anything about it, because, like, yeah. how could you? Uh, yeah, yeah. awareness, you're right. Awareness is the beginning of everything. Yeah. I just got uh, dreads uh, recently, like, mm -hmm. under my hair. And until I got dreads under my hair, I never realized how much work it is to maintain them nice and how painful it is to do it. It's a real thing that you do. For me, it was more like uh, hippie people who don't want to take care of their hair, you know, <laughs> like, and then they have dreads and yeah, then yeah. they are dirty and they don't care. I had a bit of this vision for a while and now it, it took me to have to make dreads, my, like to have them in my hair to understand mm. why wow, it's so much work. They're actually putting a lot of love and attention to their hair. And it's, it's, it's a very, it's, and it's a, it's saying I'm belonging to that community of people, you know, and it's, it's a statement. It's important. It's not something that you do lightly. It's something that costs money, that costs time, that costs love. And, and it's, it's a really you know. it's a thing that you can respect. Now, mm -hmm. when I see people with dreads and I know what it means to have dreads, I'm like, wow, good good job, you know. And mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, it's making me happy to know that those people are actually like putting mm -hmm. a lot of effort and intention into something that makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for me, awareness most of the time goes through experience. Like I need to experience something to be aware. But to experience something, you also need to be aware of your will to experience something mm -hmm. but basically keeping an open mind and keeping curious about everything is a very good way to to reach awareness mm -hmm. constant awareness with no effort huh? it's a pleasure it's not an effort yeah i believe a lot of times yeah. we're just fighting something that's new or that's challenging us because mm -hmm. it's something's coming saying like, no 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 i'm not interested i don't have time whatever good excuse yeah because yeah, um, it's not familiar you know like your comfort zone is actually your familiar zone so if something's not familiar it's not comfort for you so then you're scared of it because you don't know it and then you're fighting it mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely cool. and we come back to self-love with that yeah. which is if you love yourself enough you're strong enough to take whatever happens. something that is different and that yeah. is scary 
So, mm. it's all connected, hein, like, mm. the more happy, the stronger, the oh, more happy, the stronger, mm. you know, like, it's a circle. Actually, I think <laughs> this is, like, a great topic for, like, for the relationships as well. You know, accepting the difference, accepting others as they are. Mm-hmm. It's like, and even accepting different beliefs oh, about yeah. relationships, because I do want to talk with you, because you have this beautiful, unique way of seeing relationships that is different than most of us, so this is such a great, like, introduction, you know, ex- usually you accept what's familiar because you know it and you're scared of something else because it's different. So now we can all like open our minds and just listen to your explanation on, or your view of relationship because it's so romantic amazing. Relationship. Rel- romantic relationship. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, I would love to hear from you what yeah. is a relationship, romantic relationship for you. What is, how do you see it? Hmm. First of all, it's constantly evolving, yeah. I'm not a set person on yeah, anything sure. and my view on it changes all the time. Um, hmm. My first relationship was an open relationship. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if I'm born with that. I don't know. My parents have been together like a man and a woman and they stayed together for a long time. And eventually they didn't go along anymore and they separated and they both find another, found another partner after and recreated two different couples. And they again stayed a very long time in those couples too. So I, there's no, nothing really in my life that led me to, to open relationships. But I did, um, I, would, I, would, okay. I would define myself as, as bisexual or pansexual or like let's say the gender of the person is not what's gonna define if i'm gonna be attracted with someone and if i'm gonna be able to experience uh, pleasure uh, physically with that person i can experience pleasure with a man or a woman and i can be attracted to a man or a woman Um, so through that i've been discovering the gay community and in the gay community many many things that are really strange uh, <laughs> and unusual are actually quite common so i guess that's how probably how i got inspiration about open relationships but i always considered that your body doesn't belong to me my body doesn't belong to anyone except myself and the body of my partner doesn't belong to anyone expect except themselves and I always thought that being in a couple with someone is sharing your intimacy and sharing a bit more with that person than what you would usually share with other human beings but I don't believe that because I'm in a couple with someone this person owns my body and is the only person that is welcome intimately in my space I believe that if I meet someone that's attracting me and it's really rare and it's beautiful connection sometimes you know you meet someone and there is this little like sparkle something is working out you were meant to meet that person everything is easy everything makes sense and it's just a beautiful moment you don't want it to last all your life you don't want to have kids with that person you don't want to buy a house but you do want to spend more time and you do want to share more of yourself and sometimes you have sex with that person or simply you just have share a beautiful beautiful deep connection with that person and I hate the idea that sharing that would be betraying the person you love 
It's literally creating more love in the planet. Me, my partner, when if they have sex with someone else or if they share a deep connection with someone else, for me it's like they are learning something new that then they will be able to share with me when they come back to me. And if they love me, they will be back to me. Because if having sex with someone else is enough to convince you to go with that person and leave me, then it was not love. When you share love with someone, you're not afraid that this person would go away with someone else. If that person goes away with someone else, it's because that person belongs with that other person and not with me anymore. Me, I want to be with someone that belongs with me and I want to belong with that person. And this doesn't need any uh, bind, uh, any leash or anything. That person has the right to be fully free. And it's inside of that freedom that loves lie, you know? I feel, when I'm deeply in love with someone, setting them free is the hardest, but the most beautiful thing I can do. And for me, it's the most precious gift you can give to someone you love. You are free. You're free to do what you want, when you want. You're free to be you, you're free to respect your own pace, and you're welcome in my space. And then I, I love when I can share that with someone that feels the same, that leaves me my time, my space, I can use my body, but we share one another. And we it makes sense like it. We're making that that bubble of strength in that crazy world, you know? There's someone I can rely on. But it's not someone that's locking me up and I, I always as soon as that vision of love came through me it made so much sense that I never even questioned it and for me it always made, made, made sense to be in open relationships uh, when I was in an open relationship I still had to set rules um, to make it work out to make it for what I could take I do believe that utopy of relationship would be no rules at all actually but until then until you are like strong enough open enough until you are in that state of enlightenment of love me i needed some rules for sure so for me it's a good communication is very very important in an open relationship um that was my rule i wanted to know i hate the idea i'm really uncomfortable with the fact that my partner would have shared intimacy, sex or anything with one person and I'm not aware of it and we are together with that person and that person knows but I don't know there is an unbalance there that I don't like it's, it's full on ego I just have the feeling I'm a bit ridiculous because I don't know I'm gonna talk to that person like a friend but that person is actually very linked to me through the fact that mm -hmm. that person is really linked to my partner and I have no idea but she knows so there is an unbalance there that is really unsetting for me and I don't like it And for me, communication was the most important thing. If it's coming from the person I love, nothing will hurt me. If, if the person I love is telling me something with love, it will not hurt me. It could be hard to take in, it could be a, take me a while to accept, but it's not going to hurt me. You know, it's not with a damaging intention. And so I can hear anything from someone I love who's talking to me with love. But if you don't talk to me and I discover it by myself, then betrayal feeling is like really quickly there and for me a good communication was the key the absolute key uh, to an open relationship talking about the definition how we see it what's acceptable for the other or not and if it's not acceptable then is that relationship even possible you know 
Am I ready to renounce to something that is important for me just for you? And how healthy is that? I don't know. It's a discussion that is super interesting to have. Even before you really invest yourself in a relationship with someone. For me, that's the, the, the absolute basis of everything. Uh, but maybe, like, I don't know, maybe it's important to define stuff. But like, what I understand in open relationship, what I mean with that is that your body belongs to you. You can have sex with other people. But I'm only in love with you and you're only in love with me. This is the difference between polyamory and open relationship. Because it's not obvious. Me, for what I know, and it's changing now. Now I'm, I'm getting, definitely getting towards polyamory more and more. But back in time, uh, I could not be in love with two people in the same time. If I'm in love with someone, this person lives in my heart and there's only one spot there and I can have sex with a hundred people and still that person is my human, you know, my human, my stable thing, my thing that I love and the person with who I want to invest myself. And that could be only one person. I could not imagine feeling that deep, deep connection with several human beings at the same time. For me, it's un it was inconceivable. I could totally conceive that you can enjoy your life, go on holiday, spend your time with other humans, like share your body with other humans, but I, I had, didn't have the capacity to share my heart between different humans. And uh, the more time passing is passing now, the stronger I feel in myself, the more I love myself, the more I feel that I can actually love so many people. The same way that I can have love for my family and this love is so strong, it's so powerful, it's so present, takes so much space inside of my heart and still be in love with a human being, another human being and those two love can coexist. I'm more and more discovering inside of myself that I have this capacity to actually love, deeply love several human beings in the same time. It's, it's slowly growing, I feel it like it's taking shape, I'm not sure yet if I if um, physically if like I'd like I don't know if it's life proof <laughs> I haven't tried it yet I haven't <laughs> been in that uh, position but uh, I would love to and I'm definitely curious of what polyamory can hold of marvels <laughs> like, <laughs> I do believe it's a, it's a very beautiful possibility uh, but that's definitely something different than an open relationship yeah Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. It's like what you touched upon. It's uh, really interesting how you said the most important thing in an open relationship is communication. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think you can say this for any relationship, yeah. even a friendship. True, it's, every relationship. It's you cannot have you, you cannot have a good, prosperous relationship without a clear communication True. of your needs, of your desires. Of course, you need to be in touch with yourselves. Comes yeah. back to all that we've spoken about, but. Yeah, communication, this really openness, like open yeah. communication doesn't have to be reserved for open relationships, it's for any relationship, yeah, I believe. Yeah, true. And there's two things that I would point out as well, like when we talked, this really touched me when you say, you know, when you are with someone else, it's not your partner, the other person will put seeds in you, like it will inspire, it will make your life more full. And then when you come back to your partner, the seeds are gonna grow and the partner is gonna be the one that's gonna smell the flowers and eat the fruit of the seeds and it's so beautiful it makes like it gives more life to everyone it makes so much sense and also the idea of flow of life so you know 
life decides who you meet. Mm-hmm. You said this to me once, and it's beautiful, because it's true. Life decides who you meet, and it's there is no sense to fight against life, because life is the first relationship you have with the relationship mm-hmm. you have with yourself and with life. And it's this. This is what I find so beautiful in this. What you're saying right now, like it it allows so much space just to allow. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's always a logic that is, it's just a logic of life that is that is relevant for every situation. Let's say if you, you are a workaholic, you work like most of your days, like 10 hours a day, you're at your job and you're giving your time and your energy to your job and then you come back home and you're tired. How many things do you miss out? You miss out on your kids, you miss out on sunrise and sunset, you miss out on so many things that could be so inspiring and so beautiful. I don't want my relationship to be like a job taking me all my time and taking me away from meeting the people I need to meet. Life puts exactly that. Life puts in your way some humans that are very important in that moment. You never know how. Sometimes you feel really, I don't know if it happens to you, but it happens to me. I feel really attracted to someone like, like, oh, that person is so sexy, so beautiful. I want to know that person. And when we meet, actually the, the, the seduction and the attraction disappears completely and I just needed to meet that person for what that person has to share and sometimes it's completely something different sometimes we had the same time of life same kind of life path and her understanding or his understanding of of a situation is completely inspiring for me and what I thought was like a physical attraction is actually just a life meeting that needed to happen but if you don't take the time if you don't have the awareness again to see that and to let it space to grow and see whatever is going to become then you're missing out you're missing out and i don't understand how you expect to be with someone for years and years and years if you don't let them the freedom to grow and to change and to become constantly a new person i don't know how you expect to still be in love with them and not be tired of them and not fight over stupid things because there's nothing new so it's always old stuff being shaked and shaked and shaked and after a while obviously you're tired of it I don't know how you expect a relationship to work out you have to keep it flow like to keep it moving like we were saying that earlier about the cartoon but like life is movement and movement is life and you you cannot block the flow of the life it needs to move It needs to be shared, to come back to you, to take another shape, to change again. As long as there is movement, there is unhealthy life there. As soon as you block the movement and you say, no, you won't do this, you won't do that, or you say to yourself, because that's the worst, because that's the worst. It's not always your partner expecting you to do stuff. Sometimes you expect yourself to do stuff for your partners because you think it's important for them, and then you impose it to yourself the worst is the worst there's nothing worse to stop growing and to stop being a happy healthy human being than repressing yourself in the name of someone that you love it's the worst and it's also not a gift to do to the person you love because what would you do after a while oh but i did all of this for you and now you don't love me anymore and i wasted my life yeah but dude nobody asked you (laughs) you're responsible for your life you're responsible to make sure you have a healthy life and yeah, it's important. <laughs> in the same way, I feel like <laughs> beyond relationships, any time you have something in yourself that oh, I really feel I want to go there, I want to do this, I want to meet this person, and then you go against yourself because you're afraid, society tells you, whatever, wherever this 
blockage comes from, you're stopping this flow. And mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have to be sexual thing. Doesn't even have to be attraction. Just to meet someone or, or with any one person. You yeah, can be whatever, just with yourself. You know, or what mm-hmm. situation? Mm-hmm. Platonic love, typically like a friendship love. Yeah. Like the more and more I am starting to to see how friendship and love can be so close. Like the border between love and friendship is really, really thinner than I thought it was, you know, like... Uh, when you I realize feel, what true friendship is, yeah, so close I to love. I feel completely in mm. love with some of my friends. It's a love feeling. It's making my heart beat. It's mm-hmm. like, it's making my mind go crazy. And yet I don't want anything sexual and I don't want to be a, in a couple with that person. But it's so strong and it's so beautiful and powerful. It's like it's beautiful feelings we can have. I really love this human body. It mm. allows us all this emotion. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's so precious. I, I really like it. And, and um, my last relationship, actually, like we started. I was with another girl, and she was really jealous. She suffered from jealousy. For me, jealousy is like a it's like a disease. It's like she suffered from jealousy and. It was really hard for her to have me not only be sexually with another person, but even share myself with another person. I'm, I'm always open to new things, so I was like, okay, I've been in open relationship lately, and I'm, I think I'm ready to try something new. Mm-hmm. So let's try to be in a monogamous relationship, just the two of us, and not have sex with anybody else. I told her from the start, I'm not sure this is going to suit me, but I'm keen to try. Let's let's try it. And um, and actually, the, this has been like, I could do it. I don't really mind because I don't feel that sexual interaction is that precious anyway. Like, I don't feel the need to have a sexual interaction with someone I feel attracted to. So it was not really a burden to, to, to do that. But it was not making me grow either, you know? I could feel that I was on someone else's path and not on my life path. And stuff that I needed to learn, I would not learn because I was following someone else's path. And because I didn't remain myself and I changed for someone else, she didn't receive the the teaching she could have received from me being myself. And maybe she met me because she needed to grow in that way and to open her mind in that way. But because I repressed myself for her, then neither he, her or me really grow up about the situation. We just kind of stay in a comfort of no pain because I was not with other person. She didn't have to face her jealousy and then it was painless for her. And because she was not in pain, I was happy too because obviously I don't want my partner to be suffering. And so it was easier for me to not have sexual interaction with other people than to see my partner suffer. But we didn't grow. We didn't grow. She didn't, she didn't work on her jealousy. Eventually, and eventually her jealousy took more space. So after, it was not just sexual interaction, but if I was being tender and hugging someone and sharing a special relationship with someone, that would be hard for her. And then like that, you know, if you start entering that, that I'm going to... I'm not gonna push you, you know, I'm gonna respect your comfort zone and let you be in your comfort zone. You're not going anywhere. I needed to be me. And if we couldn't be together by me being me, then we shouldn't be together. Because if you cannot be fully you with someone, then you should probably not be with that person. Hashtag me first. 
Mm. Wow, that's yes, a beautiful so. ending, like connecting <laughs> all the topics. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we came full circle. <laughs> yeah, being first true. in love with yourself, like yeah. first taking care of yourself, then being in a relationship. And, with and aware of the other one's difference, yes. so the other one's difference doesn't hurt you. And accepting we a no. Come back to that, you know, like yeah. Mm. Oh, that was like amazing. Because mm. circle yeah. of everything. If she would have been able to accept my difference and work on herself, and if I would have been able to accept her difference and work on myself, I really have the feeling it would have maybe not worked, or maybe it would have worked, mm-hmm. but at least it would have been real for both of us. And this is what love should be about—something really real. Mm. Thank you so much, Flo. This was like such a beautiful insight on so many things. Actually, like I love it. <laughs> we have um, just for the end, like a few quick questions. Okay. Oh, you just okay. answer the way like a few sentences, you know. Mm. Sure. Okay. Premièrement, um, on est arrivé dans le partie de de la conversation um, dans lequel on parle un peu français. D'accord. Parce que tu m'as posé <laughs> un petit démon <laughs> de, de te poser une question. Donc, uh, je suis toujours um, intéressé dans les, les livres, mais pas seulement les livres, les personnages, les, les films aussi, qui t'inspirent maintenant, ah, cette c'est personne... Ah, c'est une question difficile Ouais, je sais, mais <rire> c'est juste une recommandation... Ah, euh... J'aime bien comment tu me dis, je vais te poser une petite question, <rire> les questions faciles, ah, c'est super difficile euh... <rire> C'est difficile comme question parce que bah déjà je lis beaucoup, je regarde beaucoup de films. Tu suis quelques personnes ah, ah. Le travail. Oui, j'écoute aussi beaucoup de podcasts. Mmh. Euh, bon, je suis quand même très intéressée par tout ce qui est féminisme. Mmh. Tous, les, tous les livres et les auteurs... Euh, qui parle du féminisme en général m'intéresse et j'aime bien garder contact euh, avec parce que j'aime voir leur évolution, j'aime voir ce qu'ils développent, j'aime voir aussi parce que c'est très lié à la so- société et à l'évolution de la société et c'est intéressant de voir okay. comme une personne évolue dans son opinion etc. Mmh. Si tu penses de quelque chose on peut, on peut ajoute, ajouter ça dans la description. C'est vrai. Après. C'est vrai. <rire> euh, bah, j'aime beaucoup euh, Virginie Despentes, mm. King Kong Theory. Mais bon, c'est très classique, hein, mais c'est toujours intéressant. À chaque fois qu'elle fait une interview ou quelque chose, je suis toujours intéressée de l'entendre. Elle a un point de vue euh, vraiment, vraiment intéressant. Euh, elle a été aussi euh, hétérosexuelle et attirée par les hommes la plupart du temps dans sa vie. Et récemment, elle a découvert son assurance pour les femmes. Mmh. Et par exemple, une chose qu'elle a dit qui m- que j'avais trouvé vraiment intéressante, c'est que depuis qu'elle s'intéresse aux femmes, alors que pour les hommes, elle, est, elle a entre 40 et 50 ans maintenant, et pour les hommes, ça y est, elle n'était plus intéressante. Mmh. Les hommes ne sont plus intéressés par une femme de 40 ou 50 ans. Mais de, en s'intéressant aux femmes, soudainement, elle était aimée vraiment exactement dans l'âge où les femmes continuent de mmh. se rencontrer et sont toujours aussi belles et attirantes et, et ta vie euh, de séduction 
Et pas du tout fini. Et <rire> pas du tout fini, t'es en plein dedans. Et pour elle, c'était vraiment un cadeau de s'être voilà. intéressée aux femmes parce qu'elle pouvait sortir de cette espèce de condamnation que vieillir représente pour une femme par rapport aux hommes. Et ça, par exemple, c'est exactement pour ce genre de réflexion que j'aime bien garder contact avec ces auteurs-là. Mmh. Euh, mais sinon, euh, je lis aussi beaucoup de fantaisie. J'aime beaucoup, beaucoup euh, laisser la place à d'autres mondes et à des mondes imaginaires et, et à la pure création. Et... Ouais, j'ai des... Et il y a un livre que j'adore, un livre de fantaisie qui s'appelle La Horde du Contrevent. Et c'est un, un livre dans lequel l'auteur a inventé un langage, a inventé une certaine poésie, une façon de parler qui n'existe nulle part ailleurs. Il n'a pas simplement créé un monde, mais il a aussi créé une façon d'exprimer les choses, un nouveau vocabulaire, une nouvelle conjugaison, presque une nouvelle langue. Euh, c'est écrit en français donc c'est quelque chose que tu peux comprendre parce que tu maîtrises le français, tu vas comprendre il utilise des mots de vocabulaire en les changeant un petit peu, en les mélangeant avec d'autres mots, tu, tu comprends ce qu'il dit et pourtant c'est quelque chose de complètement nouveau qui n'existe absolument pas et, euh, et ça pour moi, ça, ça c'est quelque chose qui m'a marqué énormément, énormément parce que ça a lié tout ce que j'aime c'est de la poésie c'est de la fantaisie c'est surprenant, c'est d'une grande, grande qualité. Mm. Ça, c'est vraiment un des livres qui m'a le plus... Je pour le lire. Oui, c'est ça serait difficile. C'est un bon entraînement ouais. pour euh, français seconde ouais, langue. C est c est... <rire> bon courage. Oui. Mais euh, non, ça, c'est ça c'est magnifique. Oh, bah, magnifique. C'est parfait. <rire> Merci beaucoup. <rire> OK. What was the best job, job you ever had Ok, probably the most interesting is the, the one I have in France when I come back to France. I'm um, taking care of uh, kids from, that come from like a family that don't have much, much money and that have a bit harder of time than others. And we just take them to museum, mm -hmm. theater, we just open them to culture. Yeah. Cultural that's stuff. Amazing. Yeah, that's and so my job is literally to enjoy something new with them and help them to, ac to have access to it explain if I need to explain or just simply be there and enjoying it so they can see oh it's actually fun to go to a museum it can't be fun and I'm right there showing them the way and also being aware of their progress and how they understand what they see and being like you see you understood that you see you're, you're capable like you have the capacity it's inside of you like go for it you know you can trust yourself you have everything in you and I'll be there to watch it and I'll be there to help you if you need and you can count on me you know and that's that's an amazing job like mm. that's that's really really Perfect. the job I like to do okay yeah. second question what's your wildest dreams okay my yeah well right now it's changing all the time and I'm dreaming all the time <laughs> I have like a constant new dreams like I'm like sitting beside a girl that is my dream at the moment, in this minute exactly. Anyway, my dream right now would be to be able to earn money outside of a society context. I want to create something that I would be able to exchange or sell is the same thing, but thanks to something that I would create with everything I have in me and I would dedicate time to create that, something beautiful, I want to create beauty and share that beauty with 
other human beings and this will give me the opportunity to live. This will give me food and shelter. I don't really care about money, I don't really care if it's trading, if it's just woofing, you know, having a roof and food against something that I would create. That would that would be really something a dream of. That's a wild dream. Amazing. Mm. Of mine. What's as big or as small as possible? What's one thing you would change about the world? Like this. Well, this question every time I'm like... <laughs> so drowned. Everything. Everything? <laughs> the question is, what would I keep in the world? <laughs> would be easier. Um, I would destroy the idea that money makes money. I would destroy the idea of profit. I don't mind money as an exchange substitute. It's it's a very convenient thing, money, to be able to exchange something. Because it's really hard to trade, to find something, two things that have the same mm -hmm. value. Yeah. If you have something really precious and you need something small, I, I don't. I need a pinch of salt and the only thing I have in exchange is like a beautiful necklace that I have. It wouldn't make any sense. So should I be without salt? No. Money allows you to trade. It's just an easier way to to True. balance value yeah mm -hmm. so if, if that was the point of money that would be great i'm not against mm. money but i'm really really strongly against the idea of profit money making money money appearing out of nowhere money appearing out of taking advantage of people and i think that's that's what i would change in the world i would i would make a world the world a profitless space mm. Mm. creation nice. space but profitless, profitless. okay Thank you, Flo. That's all like great. Yeah. I well, we talked so much, so thank yeah. you so I much. I know, but like imagine like so beautiful topics, really. Yeah. Like thank you so much for coming. If there's something yeah. more you want to say, or you said so much already, like thank you guys thank you for making a podcast it's great like it's such a cool idea it's inspiring it's inspiring me it's making me want to do stuff actually and I think it's also very generous to make a podcast because like it's something you share with whoever wants to listen to I'm a big fan of podcasts mm. and I'm super grateful for everybody oh, who puts beautiful. in the work to then share that with the world so, so thank you that's guys. our intention cool. to inspire someone's also happy yeah okay well, thank you won. <laughs> yeah, okay. on the good thank way thank you so much so bye bye lots of love bye that's so weird bye microphone you're already pretty <laughs>